right, and welcome to the Porter Tonecast. This is episode 38. I'm Brian here with Marco. How are you, How are you Marco? I am doing great this morning. Excellent. So uh, we're going for it today. We are uh, going for our first interview in quite a while on the Tonecast. Um, interviews are typically a lot more well-received and, and more traffic and that kind of stuff. So we're excited to have Dave uh, from Blackbird Pedals, Sublime Guitars, and and... Lots of different roles for Dave. So he's going to be on the show uh, today. We're excited to have him here, um, just interviewing him and and uh, sharing some really special things that we've been doing together with specifically Sublime Guitars um, coming up. So we'll we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, but I do want to start again, as like we usually do, where to find us. Um, if you're listening on iTunes or Google Play, I think it's called, or any of the other podcast places, we really appreciate it. Um, we have our shows on Podbean as well, so if you're searching for it, you can listen on there. We're uploading the Podbean um, audio files to our website. So if you go to the community tab at porterpickups.com, you can find the um, the Tonecast link there um, and listen to past episodes and things like that. So we'll uh, kind of move on to the, the next topic. This has uh, been a really hotly debated topic around the <laughs> shop um, at your house and uh, on Instagram and Facebook. So, so why don't you uh, inform everyone of, of what's going on? Well, I recently adopted a dog from the Humane Society, and the, uh, the common thing is, oh, you got, a, you, know, you got a new animal or something, you got to name it something, and there's just been so many good suggestions that I, I've gotten a little, uh, you know, I don't know, there's so many good suggestions, and now I, I just, I'm overwhelmed but I was actually thinking to myself the other day, uh, I kind of want to name, it's a little chihuahua, by the way. It's a little tiny chihuahua, so it, it, you know you can't call him like killer or something because it's just kind of hilarious. So <laughs> I was thinking about naming him Tony, Tony. like T-O-N-E-Y. Ooh, yes, yes, that was a good one. So so <laughs> what you didn't mention is that we put his picture on Instagram and Facebook and said, hey, we need some help naming the dog. Yeah. And it wasn't just a, a funny thing. I mean, it was like, no, we really don't have a name for this dog, and he's been hanging out at the shop a couple mm-hmm. weeks. So we thought we'd throw it out there, and we got some really so funny, suggestions. funny <laughs> suggestions like uh, Keeper and mm-hmm. um, Bob and Limba. short, yeah, Limba, because <laughs> he kind of has colors of black Limba, and and uh, yeah, there's there's great ones. I mean, there's probably between the two, there's probably over a hundred suggestions. Yeah. So. Um, and then every time we kind of like post something about the dog, they're like, have you named him yet? Have you named him yet? So <laughs> as of now, we have no name, mm-hmm. right? Um, but we will hopefully have a name soon. Yeah. We're pressuring Marco to, to make a decision. To make a decision. He's kind of faltering back and forth. Yeah, I would make a good people parent. I don't think. <laughs> My kid yeah. would have no name yeah. for Yeah, it's like you gotta, if you got to name a kid, it's a little more like <laughs> crucial. You know, you have to sign a birth certificate and all <laughs> like that stuff. Right there. Yes, exactly. So, <laughs> so uh, as of now... Um, there's no name for the dog, but we will keep you posted um, on social media because really there's people that are like, what'd you choose, what'd you choose? And they're like, they're super excited about it. Mm -hmm. So, (laughs) um, Yeah, so uh, a couple other new things. Marco, why don't you share something else that uh, popped up this week that's new? Well, we've been putting out and working on a lot of videos for the Le Bois model coming coming out. So there's lots of of guitars starting to come back and we're just getting everything ready to to be able to document them and, and, you know, make, killer sounding videos and so i mean if you want to check them out on the youtube channel that's definitely the place to go yeah find definitely youtube.com backslash porter pickups or just search porter Lebois um as well um so the first couple 
models that we shared some sound clips last show. Mm-hmm. Um, they're out with a couple short videos. We're we're trying to do some quick hit videos, and then we're right now in the development stage of the the website and more more promo mm-hmm. stuff. So um, we, as we mentioned, we're going to have Dave on the show today. So one of the things we're excited about is just jumping back into interviews for the summer and kind of uh, you know people have been have a couple of people ask about the podcast and kind of the, the frequency of, of the podcast. And so we're going to try to get back to weekly shows as best we can. Um, Tuesday at the shop here is kind of the morning blocked out time. Mm-hmm. We, we uh, turn off the air conditioning and, and uh, lock the door and, yeah. and all this stuff. Unless we have a major like Delivery shipment coming, coming yeah. we can't really lock the door. But, um, <laughs> you know, we're, we've got minimal time to kind of like get the podcast done. And, and so like in the past when we have technical difficulties, we... We just um, say, all right, well, I guess going. we're going to have to yeah. go next week or or make something up like we did last week, right? Yes. We, mm-hmm. we had an interview, failed interview last week, and so we had to make, not make up the show, but we had some sort of backup topics mm-hmm. that we threw in there. So it worked out, but it was a little bit uh, a little bit crazy. So uh, we'll jump right into the, to the interview that we had with Dave uh, today from Blackbird Pedal Boards, um, Sublime Guitars, and talk about some of the cool things that we have in the works with them. So um, without further ado, let's uh, jump to that interview. So all right, we're sitting down with uh, Dave from, uh, we're not really sitting down with Dave, but we're, <laughs> we're, we're talking with Dave, our, our interview <laughs> subject today, uh, about Sublime guitars. We're talking about Blackbird pedal boards, and we're talking about a new thing that we're working on together called Gatekeeper Pickup. So hey, Dave, how are you? Hey man, doing well. Yeah, welcome to the uh, the Porter Tonecast. We're glad to have you. Um, you're you're kind of our first uh, interview of the year, and we're already halfway through the year, so we haven't uh, haven't done a lot of interviews, but we uh, we figured out all the bugs, and so you're kind of the uh, the test subject. Right on. <laughs> so why don't you tell us a little bit, uh, kind of about what you do, and then uh, we'll kind of hit you with some rapid fire questions here coming up. Yeah, yeah, man. Well, um, I. Uh... I kind of started, I founded Blackbird Pedal Boards. Um, we've been making custom pedal boards since about 2009. Um, that's been kind of slowly growing. We're based out of Florida, Lakeland, Florida. Um, we've got a pretty good dealer network, good amount of artists. Um, and then just recently, about uh, a year and a half, we uh, we acquired Sublime Guitars, uh, which is also a Florida-based company. And uh, yeah, I've been working on that kind of uh, for most of my time and then trying to get the uh, the guitars launched and that's kind of my main job is marketing, branding, selling, and going across both the uh, the product lines. Very Excellent. Cool. Yeah. I mean, we've got a lot of your stuff in the shop right now, and, you know, it's just cool to talk to who's responsible for it and, I don't know, build, building that stuff up. I mean, how did you get started making the boards? Because that was the first thing you started, right? Yeah, yeah. That 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 was um, the main reason is I couldn't use a volume pedal on a pedal train, which was kind of the only only game in town. So I started mm-hmm. building my own design um, where it was a multi-platform pedal board where my wah and my volume pedal could sit mm-hmm. parallel to the ground. And then my rest of my pedals were at a slope. Um, so mm-hmm. I built one for myself. I uh, kind of wrapped it in vinyl, like a amplifier Tolex to match my, uh, my Fender DeVille. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, just uh, other, uh, other guitarists in the area started buying them from me. Um, some of my, I was a guitar instructor. So all the instructors were buying them, um, started throwing them on a website uh, I was on the gear page originally, and uh, yeah, people just kept paying me for them. So eventually, that kind of <laughs> took over, paying bills, and uh, yeah, we've grown pretty significantly since. I mean, we've wrapped um, a little over five thousand pedal boards since we started. 
Um, and we have uh, dealers across the country and actually uh, across the world now. So, yeah, it's grown a lot from my um, the days in my garage when I was just kind of making a board for myself. And <laughs> now, uh, yeah, now we see them pop up on late night shows and artists tagging us in photos. We didn't even know they bought them. So it's, it's kind of cool. It's kind of taken on a life of its own. That's very cool. So so you were teaching guitar at the time. And is that kind of like what you were doing for your day job at that point? Yeah, yeah, I was. Um, yeah, I kind of right out of high school, I kind of landed in a pretty sweet gig um, doing guitar instruction. I was classically trained and uh, a local shop needed a classical instructor. So I was able to fill that in. Um, and I kind of was doing that Monday through Friday. I was able to fill out a pretty good book. Um, and then, yeah, then the uh, the pedal board just kind of slowly uh, took over. I mean, it kind of got to a point where I was uh, teaching lessons till about nine o'clock at night and then building pedal boards till about two or three in the morning. Wow. Um, so it kind of finally, finally got to a point where I was able to cut down some of the lessons and uh, yeah, the, the, the pedal boards got a little more consistent. We opened up dealers and it just, it, it kept growing. So we uh, still to this day riding the wave. That's cool. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a, a lot of people we talk to, we really like to know the, the starting story. I think that that always interests me and in kind of like the, the shared, you know, working out of your garage and covering, you know, I was the same way I was teaching guitar lessons and winding pickups at night and, and trying to build guitars, you know, kind of that, that whole, like, just, just do whatever you can to kind of make it work. And, um, you know, it's cool, like similar story, like you're, you're doing mostly guitar related stuff, uh, from the beginning, which is cool too. Cause that's always, you know, always fun. You know, you're, you're like not making any money, but or at least enjoying, you know, <laughs> yeah, enjoying what oh, you're yeah. doing. So tell us no, about the hustle. That's, oh, go ahead. That's it. No, I was just going to say, that's kind of like the, I mean, as most entrepreneurs, especially in the music industry, you, you got to have hustle. I mean, if you're not, if you're not up till 3 a.m. working on your projects, then you're probably not going to stick around in this industry too long. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, even the last, uh, last couple of years, it's been uh, pretty interesting ways in the industry. I know that you've seen that now kind of getting into the guitar game and then, you know, kind of, you know, your pedal boards have kind of uh, survived uh, where other maybe pedal board companies haven't uh, as well. And, uh, that, so that's pretty interesting, but I'd like to know kind of, uh, about like the current pedal boards you make kind of what's your, um, what's your standard lineup like and, um, you know, what are the features of those pedal boards? Yeah, man. So we, um, over the years we've kind of been kind of fine tuned everything, but we've, we've cut everything down to four sizes. Um, they kind of cover most, most setups. If you can't fit on, on one of our boards, then you probably got to make some decisions about your pedals. Cause we, we, we kind of run the <laughs> gambit from, uh, pretty big we have a 15 by 30 which is our largest all the way down to a little we call it the feather board which is 18 by 7 um the really the the big defining characteristic of our boards are the aesthetics the look of them we wrap everything in amplifier tolex which is a, a vinyl that um most amplifiers are wrapped in it's the exact same vinyl that uh, a lot of the big companies are actually using so it's kind of a cool way for guitars to match their rigs or just something that would kind of stand out on stage um and then we also have some cool little upgrades as far as um our solderless jacks that we've designed to be able to run your input and outputs through the board, um, almost acting like a patch base. You're not touching your pedals. Uh, we have a lot of accessories and add-ons that uh, a lot of customers like to kind of dive into. But yeah, really, it's those four sizes. We have four stock um, final choices or Tolex choices. And then uh, we have a kind of an, an array of uh, cases to gig bags and ATA cases for depending on uh, your gigging situation. Nice. So you kind of, it seems like from the beginning, you kind of stuck with the Tolex theme that you started with. You never really ventured into wood pedal boards uh, and that kind of stuff. As yeah, much. we, we actually, we, we did, um, 
we, we did, I did an all wood board probably like I think it was like in 2010 just to just to play and we did we, we were kind of doing a lot of wood tops too which I kind of uh, got into a little more doing some really cool hardwood and laminate tops um, but yeah we really the the Tolex was kind of our calling card um, we, we did try doing an ABS uh, roto molded board or yeah sorry it was a um, an ABS um, not roto mold but it was a, uh, a a form board which was was made out of plastic. Um, lightweight. I thought it was cool, but no one else did because we never sold them. So we, we ended up ditching <laughs> that, just sticking with Tolex. I think it's just, it, it's got a feel. Yeah, it's it's kind of what we're known for. I mean, it's got a cool character. There's really there's really not a whole lot on the market looking like that or feeling like that. And I think once once players saw it, they kind of, they liked the, the classic, almost uh, vintage vibe of the boards. They had a kind of a character of their own. So yeah, we just embraced it. We just only Tolex boards now. No other variations, no hardwoods or anything. Just uh, pretty straightforward. Yeah, I can I can remember even going to see shows here in Boise and seeing touring bands that have these blackbird boards, and and they definitely look they look good up there on stage. So that's that's good there. Um, where where can people buy the boards? I mean, is it just direct from like your website, or do you have big? Um, we do. Network? We have direct on on the website. We do have a pretty good dealer network. Um, uh, online we have a, a dealer page on there so some regional dealers uh small brick and mortars all the way out to uh guitar center musicians friend um american musical supply zounds and some of our bigger online retailers but uh you know we're, we're trying to grow that too and more of a brick and mortar presence because they do really well once people can see them in person but even so online um they've kind of had a legs of their own even on reverb uh, we have a lot of dealers doing great success but yeah, they're out there. I mean, um, direct sales uh, are all our stock boards. Some of our dealers also do more custom stuff, so we have uh, limits on what custom runs we can do. So we have some dealers doing some cool variations or finishes that are limited edition stuff. So it kind of keeps everybody uh, everybody happy, and people can kind of find what they like on there. So hmm. yeah, those are, uh, available nice. everywhere. Yeah, and I think I think one of the things that that I always liked about the the boards that you have is the is the price points. Honestly, you know, for like a your boards are are affordable. I I believe they're they're in a good price point. Have you had any kind of? Uh, I'm sure there's a strategy with with the pricing, but it seems like they're they're more achievable. They're not like nine hundred dollar pedal boards. You know, it, it seems yeah. it seems like they they are uh, you know affordable, but they're not uh, they're not cheap at the same time. So so kind of maybe talk about yeah. your pricing philosophy there. Well, that was always. I mean, I'm. Um, I was a gigging musician. Um, you know, I, I lived and breathed it. I, I couldn't pay $900 for something I was going to step on. Um, <laughs> it just wasn't me. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of still the same way. Yeah. Uh, most of my gear, you know, I, I, I kind of approach it as the point of it, it being a tool rather than a, you know, a luxury item. But I, uh, yeah, I knew when I was doing Blackbird, I knew who I was building the boards for. I knew there was a way to make them look, um, you know, like a high end boutique item, but still be able to keep the quality um, to the point where they could be gigged, um, but at a price that gigging musicians could afford. So that was always kind of a driving principle in anything we would do. Uh, it was either to upgrade the quality or to keep the price point where it is. And even throughout the years, our, our prices haven't fluctuated too much. Um, we've tried really hard to, every time we increase the quality to kind of find a way to, whether it's in volume or, um, you know, trying to make it up other ways to be able to keep the price point the same for the customer. But yeah, we're pretty, uh, we're pretty on par with a lot of the imports. Um, even though this is a handmade product um, in the U.S., a lot of the uh, the big box companies still still offer prices that are pretty close to ours. So I think when when customers kind of see the two, they see the aesthetics, the functionality, then it really kind of becomes a 
a no-brainer. And I think that's kind of why we've been able to carve out a nice little niche uh, kind of in between those, like you mentioned, those six to $700 pedal boards to, you know, the same price boards that are just, you know, mass-produced pieces of aluminum. So we kind of kind of found a little niche in there that we've been been riding for the past almost 10 years. And yeah. Hopefully even more. That's great. And I think that's like, you know, coming from, again, like we, you know, from our end of the things, we're, we're buying pedal boards as like, a, you know, hey, this is going to be in the shop and we want to show people, you know, a, a decent rig that they can play and demo the pickups through. And so we're kind of a different, you know, clientele, I guess. But it's the same difference is that we don't want to, I don't want to spend, you know, $500 plus on, on a board and then still have to load it with stuff. You know, it's like, (laughs) there goes my, you know, there goes all the, the price for, for the pedals. But I mean, I guess that, you know, people are spending crazy amounts on their, on their whole rigs, you know, just the pedal board portion of it. Um, one last thing before we move on to the, the next topic, um, have you seen a trend in, um, in pedal board sizes in terms of like, it seems like everyone was going huge for a while. And then now it kind of seems like people are getting smaller on pedal boards. Have you seen that? Um, I mean, that was one thing we never went past our, our 30 inch board. I mean, that was kind of, to me, that was a little overkill when you get these like 32 and 42 inch boards. But, um, yeah, I, th- I think with how much, and I, th- I think it's probably in, in large part due to the, how, how good some of these, uh, multi-effects units or somehow how much you can pack into these, these new overdrives or these, um, these new pedals now. Um, but I mean like one stomp box can can cover almost all of your overdrive. So before where you had to have three or four different drives, a lot of these new pedals coming out uh, can cover a lot more territory. So I think you're seeing a lot of downsizing without a lot of lack of tonal capabilities. I think pedals are getting better. Um, they're getting more broad as far as what they can cover. And you can, you know, you can have a five pedal setup and, and still have everything you need at your feet. So I think it's, uh, I think it's kind of a combination of both. I think people are probably getting smart in the fact you don't need to carry your entire pedal collection with you to a show. And I think, uh, the pedal company or pedal companies in general have kind of upped their game as far as, uh, the versatility and usability of what's out there now. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, cool. Thanks for, uh, sharing a little bit about blackboard and we're, we'll move on to the, uh, as you mentioned, kind of the, uh, the newer acquisition, which is, uh, sublime guitars and something yeah. we're, we're really excited about. We're actually involved in, in that, which we'll get to a little bit later, but, uh, Let's kind of dive into the the sublime guitar uh, topic. So, Marco, why don't you go ahead and take a question here? Yeah. So you've got you were recently at the Nam show, and so you've got some new models coming out. And yeah, uh, yeah. Just we'll, what things have you got in the works? So we um, we we showed eight new uh, SKUs, two brand new models, and then the rest were just color variations on our existing line. So the the new models, which kind of got the most attention. Um, we're coming out with a Chieftain Classic, which is our, our same Chieftain body size and design, but with a little more traditional um, makeup. It's got a uh, stop tail bridge, nickel hardware, dual humbuckers, um, the, kind of a, kind of more of a traditional semi-hollow look and feel to it, uh, which we kind of had a few people uh, mention that they were looking for. The our, our current Chieftain Deluxe is kind of a creature of its own. It's not really like a traditional semi-hollow, so this is kind of for the guys that that dig the semi-hollow, but really want something a little more traditional. And then uh, our Jayhawk Deluxe, which is our take on more of a classic uh, T-style. Um, that thing's pretty gorgeous. It's got a, uh, a roasted flame maple neck with a roasted flame maple fretboard, two-piece alder body, um, yours truly, gatekeeper pickups in it. And uh, it's, yeah, it's a killer guitar. Both of those kind of stole the show for us. 
even beyond our current line and the uh, the new colors that we added. Yeah, very cool. And I know that uh, one of the things that um, has been interesting, and we'll we'll talk about this kind of in the in the gatekeeper topic section. But um, you know, we've we've known Tommy, who was involved at, at Sublime and still is involved, kind of the originator of Sublime Guitars. Is that correct? Oh yeah, yeah, that yeah. was that's definitely Tommy and uh, Chad are the yeah the, okay. the brainchild behind it. That's right. Yeah, so we've kind of known Tommy for a while. He was building some USA Sublime guitars with our pickups, and that's kind of the initial relationship there. Um, but but something that um, you know Tommy always tried to do is find find ways and creative ways to get quality uh, for a decent price. But then I think I think as these new guitars come out, um, there's some interesting things that. Uh, that you guys have done with them in terms of, uh, you know, build philosophy and, and your multiple factories. So why don't you talk a little bit about kind of that journey and in, in sort of securing the places that are built where the, the guitars are built. And then also just kind of like the, the QC and, and that whole process. Yeah. So we originally, I mean, Sublime has been around for a while. They've been around since 2012. Um, they were originally making import guitars from Indonesia and they were good quality guitars, great, great for the price point. And Tommy and our, our other founder, Chad, uh, kind of were able to cut their teeth on what importing a guitar uh, was. Um, but it wasn't until about 2015 that uh, both Tommy and Chad kind of realized that there was definitely problems in going through just one shop. Um, when you go through a single large mass production facility, uh, you kind of have to take what they give you in a certain sense. Like, you know, they, they might do one thing really great, uh, but, uh, you know, the front work might be pretty bad or the electronics need to be upgraded. So um, it was kind of both with Tommy's and Chad's idea to kind of instead of just accepting it from one factory, trying to find which shops perform or at least excel at what area of, of craftsmanship. And by going to these smaller vendors, um, it, it really allowed us to kind of fine tune and almost up with the philosophy on how to actually build the perfect import guitar. Um, the real advantage for us, too, is our, our founder, Chad, actually lives in Taiwan. So he's able to kind of fly to Korea or fly to a shop in, in Taiwan and find these small um, artisans who are kind of, uh, you know, really excelling at certain areas. And then we can kind of piece together a guitar based on, on you know, where we're getting each component. So the, the process took about two years to figure out. Um, we, we use, in total, about seven different workshops um, across Asia as well as in the U.S. And, uh, yeah, the results have been pretty phenomenal. I mean, really, once we got that first pro two prototypes in, we got a, a Chieftain Deluxe and the Tomcat Deluxe. Um, Tommy brought them into my shop, and I, I knew at that point, once I plugged in, I was like, I, I need to be a part of this. Like, I, I got to make sure people know about this. So <laughs> yeah. that was actually how I got on board. He brought in the product because they, they had worked out logistics. They had worked out everything, and I, I kind of – it was kind of the first time I got really excited plugging in a guitar because I knew there, it was just something so different to to the market. And he told me the price points, the MOQs. I, I kind of realized that this needs to be something different. And at that point, I, I kind of gave a little uh, business pitch and, and a plan to kind of rebrand and remodel the, you know, the name, the look, and really kind of elevate the product for where it needs to be. And um, yeah, the, the, the end result's been great. I think all three of us kind of working um, in our own areas, Tommy on design, Chad on uh, logistics and finding these shops and me just kind of focusing on on branding and marketing to to really kind of tell the story of what these these guitars are. Um, yeah, it's been terrific. We've really enjoyed it. And so did you feel like you got a positive response from Nam from the Nam show and every everybody there? 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was kind of cool because this was I've done a couple of NAMM shows with Tommy and Sublime to where we've had both Blackbird and Sublime in the same booth. Um, we, we did uh, Summer NAMM. We've also done some smaller trade shows. But really, this was the show that even without Blackbird there, we had a bunch of people coming in saying, hey, oh, I saw this brand. You know, I saw these guitars. You know, I heard about Globally Crafted. So there's definitely a buzz going around where, you know, the, the brand and the marketing is actually paying off. I mean, we've even had I, the guys from Anderton stopped in. They're like, hey, we, we you know, we, we had a customer ask about these. And we're just like, you know, we're, we're starstruck. And we're like, yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> Those guys are famous, you know. <laughs> yeah, they were getting more photos than the artists where they were, they were killing it, man. But yeah, I mean, the response was it, it was good. I think we're kind of making some some noise in the right way. I think, you know, people are seeing the uh, I, I think I think customers are probably, too. I think there is this this raise expectation of what an import guitar should be. And I think um, this is just kind of a new way, a new elevated way to do it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the response was great at the show. People plugging them in. Um, it's the same response every time. People play them, plug them in, ask the price, and then their their jaw usually drops once they hear what, how much they're actually selling for. So mm-hmm. it, it's been it's been cool. It's been a good good way to get them out there. I think the shows are, are really helping. And then we're just trying to grill our dealer network, too, to get more guitars uh, in stores for people to be able to plug in and try. Well, I know that uh, we do have uh, one of the Chieftain Deluxes, one of the Onyx ones, and then the the Tomcat, Tomcat Deluxe. Tomcat Deluxe, the, yeah. That kind of blue seafoamy green one with that roasted neck. And I, I think the guitars are just beautiful. I remember when they showed up to the shop, I, I spent hours on, on both, you know, just the sound of the pickups and just a lot of like the little appointments that you don't that you don't really quite think about until you're there looking at it. You're like, wow, that, you know, this this is a gold switch tip on the you know on the three-way selector switch just little stuff like that just it, I, I really like that stuff you know yeah I think, yeah I think for us just getting you know getting them in was kind of and we'll talk about kind of the the our part in the project coming up here but just seeing the the final product and kind of seeing what uh, what you guys did um, and we had you know we also had the reference of old sublimes versus new sublimes and, mm. and just seeing seeing the difference between the two. Like we, we had the old ones and we love them. Uh, but then the, the new ones were like up a notch in every way mm-hmm. and really not that much more expensive, you know, in terms of what a, what a sale price would be. And so, um, you know, it's kind of cool. I've, I've told people that have come in the shop, you know, you guys have, have cracked this, this really interesting code of, of import guitars. I believe like there's a, there's something like cool about everything about those guitars. It's not just like you're saying in the initial thing, it's like, yeah, they work. Let's pass them off as, as electrics, you know, <laughs> there's some, right. there's some attention to detail and, and kind of like not letting it out the door before it's up to this standard kind of thing. And, uh, you know, I, I know that along the way we've been talking a lot about it to kind of, uh, so probably feels good to kind of, you know, I think you're working through your second batch, maybe third batch right now of, of all the new stuff, but, it, but, uh, you feel like you're kind of settling into uh, kind of the, what you hope the business would be? Yeah, I mean, um, really, we're we're on our second batch now. Um, that that's going good. It's 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 kind of a fun challenge every time we come out with a new model, though, because it does introduce more logistical uh, situations. So even though we you know we got comfortable and rolling, we're like, yeah, we got it. And then I was like, oh, wait, now we have to, you know, we've got to find this one magnet for the Jayhawks or we got to find this, you know, this one neck has to be lighter roasted than the other one. So we have to contact this shop. So there's there's always these kind of cool hurdles that we have to, to have to jump through, which 
I, in me personally in business, I don't really like to get too comfortable. So I kind of like the idea of kind of being on our toes and problem solving and figuring out. And But yeah, as far as sales and consistency, I mean, Tommy's setting up guitars as quick as he can. Um, you know, we're, we're shipping them out all over. So it's it's definitely where we wanted it to be. The, the response and the overall uh, initial launch has been great. Now we're just trying to go from an idea to an actual brand now and really kind of stretch out what Globally Crafted looks like across, you know, as many models and as many styles as we can. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's good. It's been a, a learning curve each time, but so far we haven't, uh, haven't dropped the ball yet. That's great. Yeah. And I think, I think they've been well received and, and also, you know, as best as you guys have been able to do is just like just getting them in people's hands. Um, you know, sometimes there's like a, a wave and you certainly don't want to run out of guitars if, if the popularity is, is really high. And so I imagine that's one of the challenges of, you know, how many do we get for the next batch and, and how do we continue to like, you know, once we get below a certain number, order more and, and that kind of thing. So that's, that's really cool. I think what you guys have done and, and I think we'll spend the kind of the last section of the interview here, just talking about, um, kind of our relationship, uh, with, with the project and with you guys, um, both you and Tommy, you know, we've been, been kind of, uh, industry buddies for, for quite a while. Um, and maybe I'll pick up a little bit, kind of the, the backstory, and then we'll talk about kind of the the relationship of, of our shop to your shop and that, and that kind of thing. Um, so I think, I think we probably met at that NAMM show. It was like 2015, maybe 2014. Mm -hmm. I can't remember which, which year summer NAMM, uh, went down there and I'd been working with Tommy a little bit already. And I think we met at that show. Um, you know, obviously at that point you weren't really involved with sublime, but I think you guys, did you guys share a booth that year? Yeah, that was the year Blackbird was still there. Yeah. I think that was 2015 that, um, that we met you guys. Yeah, that was, uh, yeah, we had a shared booth, but yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. And so I think, I think at that point, Tommy had thrown out the idea of, of import pickups and, and designs by us and things like that. And, and it was literally like a, this would be cool if we could do it, but it was not a, <laughs> uh, you know, it was not a, uh, a request necessarily from what I remember. It was kind of like a, this would be fun someday, you know, and then I think I can't remember the timeline, but at some point, um, Tommy and you approached approached me about doing the uh, the designs for the gatekeeper pickups, and um, so we we came up with gatekeeper because it's a it's kind of another name for porter, uh, but it wasn't like porter design pickups and and things like that. And you know, from from my end of things, I think I've told you this day, but it's kind of like uh, there was a lot of reservations, um, just as far mm. as as far as well. I don't want to have like a import pickup or I want to do something cheap. I want it to sound good. And kind of like, then I started realizing sort of that aligned with your, your and Tommy's philosophy too. It's like, you guys don't want to just turn something out that, that functions, you know, you want it to be good and you want it to be inspiring. Yeah. Inspiring (laughs) and great and all that stuff. And, um, and then I remember, I I can't remember we had that conversation where, uh, you told me about the, the people that would be making the pickups. Do you remember that? Um, yeah, I do believe so. Yeah. I think, I, I think I was in charge of, uh, bringing you on board. I know. I think I was the closer during that conversation between me and Tommy. (laughs) I think, I think so. Yeah. But I remember you telling me about the, uh, the group of winders and and you can correct me if I'm, I'm wrong, but it's a a small shop. It's it's really winder. It's yeah, it's, it's, it's one guy. Um, there's two guys that, that run the shop. Um, and then really just a single, single gentleman that actually makes everything, uh, to your spec. So yeah, sing singular winder. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And I think that's probably the intrigue for me was that, um, 
you know, somewhat were directly supporting someone in their family and, and, and also just like, it wasn't a mass produced shop, you know, that, that whole, right. that whole thing with your philosophy, the pickup portion of it actually fits with it as well. It's not like, you know, the pickups get made like super high quantities and, and they don't really sound good. Um, and so, oh, no. and actually I, I'd probably even say, I think you were probably the icing on the cake for the whole globally crafted process. Cause I know it was right around, like I mentioned, it was like 2015 when Tommy was coming up with these ideas of, okay, how do we, how do we select this or how do we do that? And I think, you know, once he got in the notion of, okay, we really need to make the best quality import pickup. Um, I, I think once we found that shop and once we found that, you know, the two gentlemen that, that we're working with, I, I think that just kind of, everything kind of fell in line. Uh, once past that, I think the pickups, um, probably are one of the biggest uh, defining characteristics of the new line. I think uh, our best sellers are all the ones that have uh, the gatekeepers in them. And yeah, I think for, for Tommy and for myself, I, I think those are kind of the, the most exciting part of the guitars. Um, just seeing the kind of quality we're getting and, you know, being able to put them in an, into the instruments that we've kind of handcrafted. It's, it's been a perfect, uh, perfect combination. Yeah. And it was, I think for me, it was really interesting because I had never done anything quite like that. You know, I've never, kind of sent winding recipes to anyone and I wasn't really worried about them like being stolen or any trade secrets necessarily. Um, but it's kind of like, Hey, here's what I think will sound good for these guitars. I kind of know some, I, you know, I know some of the elements, but I think at that point we were all waiting for the guitars themselves. Mm -hmm. And so we started designing these pickups and, um, we didn't know much about what they were going in. I think there was maybe some maybe a couple of like rough prototypes at that point or something like that. Um, but, yeah. We had the two protos. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, so I think what we did is we, we sent the specs over uh, to Sai in Korea and he, uh, he wound like I pretty much designed a whole, a whole array of stuff. We kind of focused on uh, the, the specific sets for the models, but then we kind of designed a, a bunch of other stuff. And I remember getting the first batch here in, in the shop and it was like, it, I don't know how to explain it. I wish I could have like, I wish you could have been here to like see the, <laughs> see the process, but it's like, okay, this box of pickups showed up that was my design, but I didn't build it. And I don't know what they sound like. So let's start putting them in, mm -hmm. you know, let's see what we get. And, um, thankfully we had our Krosis guitar, which is like a quick swap kind of, kind of guitar. So it worked really well to kind of AB them directly in the same guitar and kind of get, get a feel for them. But, uh, I just remember that first, like, okay, it's in strung up. Let's play a chord. <laughs> you know, let's, let's see what it sounds like. And, and we, I don't remember, I think we put the strat set in first or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it's, and it sounded really good. I was really like, wow, like they nailed it. Like they took the design and, and really did. I don't know. It's like, it's just like a kind of a weird breakthrough. It's like, I, I didn't really teach them how to wind cause they know how to wind, but it was like, I sort of gave them the, gave them our take on, mm -hmm. on the pickups that we wanted. And so, that was pretty cool. We went through, you know, a batch of stuff. And then, um, I, I had to send mm -hmm. Dave a, a reject letter for one of the humbucker <laughs> sets that we designed. <laughs> mm -hmm. So the, the, yeah, the one that, one that we designed was, was, uh, it didn't really work for yeah. what we were trying to do, but, but yeah, really fun, really fun project. Really happy to be, you know, be a part of it. And, um, I think that, that, that relationship has been really fun for us kind of with, with you guys. And we met this year and kind of talked through strategies and kind of upcoming stuff. And I know Dave, uh, you have, and we both have plans for gatekeeper K 
kind of moving forward as its own entity, I guess. Uh, so why don't you talk a little bit about that? Uh, any information you can share now? Yeah. So uh, aside from the gatekeepers that are currently in our, our guitars, um, I, I think in, in talking with you, Brian and, and Tommy, we all kind of feel the same way. I think there's plenty of value in, you know, this process that we're figuring out. And I, I it, it almost kind of almost kind of feels bad just keeping it just to our guitars at a certain extent because there is so much potential out there with your own designs and and beyond just what we currently are using. So the idea of kind of Gatekeeper being a standalone brand and being able to offer uh, replacement pickups or pickups Mm -hmm. uh, to other products was was kind of a no-brainer. So yeah, we um, I know you've you've got the designs pretty much finalized to where we're we're looking to launch Um, the next steps moving forward or really be able to bring Gatekeeper as a brand out into the open and and, and having pickups that uh, customers and and even other builders can use uh, in their own guitars. Yeah, definitely. And I think some of the early the early things were like, are we creating our our own competition <laughs> in a way? <laughs> right. You know. But right. I think but I think you know in in the sense of Sublime, it's like this is a a product that we stand behind that we believe in and that is going to just be available for um, for a different price point. You know. Um, it won't be, it'll be significantly cheaper than our USA made in the shop Porter pickups, but it will right. be, it'll be something that someone, you know, they know they can upgrade their sound for not a lot of money. And then, you know, going forward, there's opportunities obviously for guitar companies to, to be able to get decent sounding pickups, um, without adding a lot of extra margin to their instrument cost. And so everyone's, you know, right. across the board, everyone's concerned about margins and, you know, if it, if, uh, Guitar builders spending two hundred dollars plus on a boutique set of pickups, um, that's two hundred dollars out of their their mm-hmm. profit and onto their guitar costs and things like that. So um, we're definitely excited to see kind of where it goes. Um, do you have uh, any like timelines on that? That for people listening that are kind of interested in kind of that when Gatekeeper will be available or or is that still kind of a work in yeah, progress? Really? Yeah, we're, we're we're finally through Nam. Nam was kind of like the big. Uh... Let's get through that, and then anything else can uh, can happen. So we're really, I mean, you've got most of the work, you've done most of the legwork with the prototypes. Um, our shop is ready to go. I've already got the website, so we're we're still looking at this year. Um, I know we we were trying to think about sneaking you guys into to Summer Nam, and it kind of got a little crazy in the last minute. So we're, we're still looking at probably a, uh, an Anaheim uh, Winter Nam launch, where we could actually have the brand as a standalone uh, full pickup line website. Uh, actually start offering them to dealers and direct to customers. So yeah, we're kind of shooting to have all the all the details ironed out the rest of this year, have our, our first order in, and then um, either do a soft launch right before the end of the year or uh, kind of do a full launch at Anaheim uh, for 2019. Very cool. Yeah, I think we'll be probably at that show as well. So for those people that Excellent. are looking forward to to that show, um, you know, Dave and I haven't talked about this, but maybe we'll have booths that are close together, so mm-hmm. so we can uh, kind of bounce back and forth and and uh, support that. So I'm I'm suggesting that Dave, if you weren't aware, I'm of that. I'm all about it. I <laughs> okay. say skip the whole while. Great. I know. I'm thinking about that for sure. I think that'd be great, and just kind of uh, again supporting that project and and what we've learned over the years too is just kind of like partnering with with good dudes and kind of working with good people and and again it's like all these people that are making the guitars and the pickups and, and you guys, it's just like, you know, a lot of people with, with families that are making gear and trying to support their families and trying to, um, you know, just trying to make it work and trying to keep it going. And, 
looking for ways to um, to get creative, but still provide cool stuff for the end, for kind of the end user. So that's great. Uh, excited again for that project. Um, we'll be releasing some of our own videos, kind of featuring the guitars as well. Um, and then you guys will probably have a little more media stuff coming out as far as the the new Jayhawk and things like that. Is that right? Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's kind of my my world for the next couple of weeks is photos and videos. We got to get everything up. We're still trying to launch the, uh, the new, the new models. We're hoping we'll be able to ship, um, September. Um, but a lot of that's going to depend on, on how quickly I can actually get product photos and everything in. And, but, uh, yeah, that's going to be all up. We'll have some videos with the new, uh, the new gatekeepers and in, in those. And yeah, we should, uh, should see a lot of cool stuff coming in the next couple months. Very cool. So, so people can, um, you know, you guys are ordering guitars in batches. Can people pre-order uh, those batches as they're kind of in process, or how does that normally work for customers? Yeah, we well, with the logistics, it's a little hard because we're not just again ordering from one large shop with one ETA. Um, so for the Jayhawks, for example, we have to actually coordinate ETAs through four different workshops, oh, man. Um, which is a little tricky sometimes. But we kind of realize, you know, we have a pretty pretty good turnaround about two months, um, so that allows us to kind of backtrack if we are going to do pre-orders. Uh, we usually do it about a month before um, we do have that ETA. So tentatively right now, we're looking to actually open up pre-orders in August for the new Jayhawk and Chieftain Classic, and then hopefully have um, that first batch in ready to ship in September. Very cool. And then you have kind of this current batch. What's uh, what's kind of the remaining stock of this current batch? Are you guys starting to get low, run out, or you're, you still have a little bit? Well, we, we actually split the second batch into two. We, we were so out that we had to do an, uh, a pretty quick uh, air freight shipment of what was already done. The, the actual batch wasn't even finished, um, but we just we had no guitars and, and we had some back orders from dealers and direct. So we did a small air shipment um, of about I think it was about fifty or sixty guitars, and then we finally, right before we left for Nam, we got the full shipment in, um, which was the, the entire order, and we actually doubled that order um, to close to a uh, hundred and I think it was one hundred and ninety-seven guitars in total, but. Uh, yeah, I mean the sales have been good. The products have uh, have all been coming in really, really great. The QC that we're doing um, is really helping with our founder again, Chad, being able to actually go to these shops before they all all the parts ship out, and then um, you know having Tommy in house to be able to do all the final QC and setups on everything. Uh, it's it, it's been great. Yeah, the the products really where we want it to, and the response has been uh, been what we were expecting. So it's it's been good. Very cool. Well, thanks so much for being on the show today, Dave. We uh, appreciate your time and uh, sharing a little more inside information. Um, why don't you just leave us with uh, how people can find you, uh, website links, uh, social media, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. For uh, Blackbird, it's just blackbirdpedalboards.com um, and then at Blackbird Boards across all of social. And then for Sublime, uh, pretty simple too, sublimeguitars.com and then just at Sublime Guitars uh, across social. So yeah, check it out. We have a a lot of video, a lot of content that we're going to be releasing probably in the next couple of weeks, especially for Sublime. So I'll definitely stay tuned. And if uh, you don't currently, definitely uh, give us a follow. Very cool. Well, thanks so much, Dave, again, uh, for being on the show. And uh, we will catch up with you again soon, I'm sure. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Brian. All right. Thank you.